let's get into the word tonight. Um, Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your holy written word. And we thank you. Your word is life to those that find health to all our flesh. And we claim that tonight, Lord. If people are here that aren't feeling good or listening that aren't feeling good, we thank you right now. You touch their bodies through this word tonight. You sent your word and you heal them and delivered them. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for ears open tonight, anointed to hear, minds open, hearts receptive to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we've been uh, claiming miracles in February. February is miracle month. And we've seen some miracles. Hopefully you have too. And maybe next month we'll get up and share some testimonies of what I'll have. I don't want to share now because we still got February days left. <laughs> We're expecting more. Amen. God can do exceeding abundantly above anything that you can ask or think. So we're going to wait. And then in March, maybe we can share some of these wonderful testimonies that have already happened. Um, but this is the, uh, this is the last Wednesday night, I believe, uh, for me, uh, to, to teach in February. So we are going to continue to teach along the lines of prosperity and abundance. And uh, this is a little different uh, angle tonight, not anything really new, but I believe that it will help us uh, maybe with some practical sides of, of prosperity and, of course, spiritual too. It, it's, you know, what we have to remember is there's a God part and a man part. And the man part has to be uh, led by the Spirit of God in order for, you know, the connection to be made for the miracle. Amen. Um, I've heard it put this way. Obedience sown is a move of God reaped. Obedience sown is a move of God reaped. So um, if we just learn to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit, it's amazing what can happen. But if we ignore those things, sometimes we miss out on opportunities or blessings or maybe even times that we can witness and be a blessing to other people. So we want to be very keen spiritually and listen to the Spirit of God. And most of the time, it's the still, small voice of the Holy of our Spirit, of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. So uh, the title of this message is, What is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? And if you know the story about Moses and when they were uh, being delivered out of Egypt and there was triumph and yay, we're leaving this bondage. And they had not only were they leaving, but they were leaving with the riches of Egypt. You know, they had gotten uh, jewelry and all kinds of things, spoils, and they were... Uh, leaving to go, and uh, they ran into a huge sea called the Red Sea. And God asked Moses, what is that in your hand? <laughs> what is that in your hand? Uh, years ago, I heard this some of this uh, inspiration teaching by John Maxwell, and the name of his message was, What You Gonna Do With What You Got? <laughs> and I love that title, What You Gonna Do With What You Got? And I thought about stealing that title, uh, but I didn't want to steal, so <laughs> I renamed it, What Is That In Your Hand? Um, also, our pastor has taught some of these principles, too, and he calls it the command of faith. 
the command of faith. So I, I believe this is a principle all the way through the Old Testament and even into the New Testament that we see that God uh, shows us something that we need to do in order for him to be able to do what only he can do. Yes. And the interesting part about it is that he never asks you to do something that you can't do. That's right. It's usually something really simple that you think, what? What would that, what difference would that make? That's so simple. And you know some of these stories I'll mention tonight, but one of them is uh, the commander of the Syrian army, Naaman. You remember Naaman? And he was, uh, had a problem with leprosy, which is a big problem. And his servant told him about Elijah. And so uh, he went and talked to uh, the uh, Gehazite. And Gehazite told him what Elijah said, go dip in the river Jordan seven times. And he goes, you've got to be, (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, but basically he said, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Go, there are beautiful rivers in Syria. And you're asking me to go down this muddy Jordan River and like swim basically (laughs) to get rid of this leprosy. And so, of course, his servant said, now, if he had asked you something hard to do, you know, you would have done it. Why don't you just go try this? What he's say, saying to do. And and so the point I'm making is that he could do that. He could walk in the river one and count to seven, two, right? Three dips, four more. <laughs> and then he's cleansed. So it's very simple Things that God will ask us to do. And usually we're pretty familiar with what he's asking us to do. It's not like something really out of our world of what who we are and what we have. It's usually something right there. Like the rod in Moses' hand. And was, was he able to stretch that rod over the Red Sea? Yes. Very simple movement. Right. But look what the the impact was for that whole nation of Israelis to go over and and dry completely dry land, which was really remarkable. You know, you you cross over something that's been dried up for just a couple of days and you're still gonna sink in mud. But they went over on, you know, dry land. Um and then, of course, we know that the armies of Egypt were swallowed up in all that. Really an example of debt cancellation because they borrowed all those jewels. Their, their debt was canceled. They didn't have to pay it back, right? So praise the Lord. He can get you out of debt too. Hallelujah. Um, so we see Naaman um, obeyed that seven times. And uh, being a commander, you know, he was also kind of upset at Elijah not coming down and talking to him about the situation. But um, it, it, it got done, and praise the Lord, <clears throat> his healing was complete. Amen. And then we see another um, example of this, and we talked about this in our teaching even this month, the widow woman from Zarephath. We know that um, Elijah was sent to her, 
And this is 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7 through 16. Um, we uh, read all this, so we won't read it tonight, but uh, the Lord commanded her to keep him. And she told him, she said, all I have is a handful. Isn't that interesting? A handful. You know, what do you have in your hand? Well, this is all I have. A handful of meal and a cruise of oil. And praise God, he said, well, give it to me. You know, make a cake, give it to me. So she was able to do all of that. She was able to take what she had and do what she did and to give it to him. It wasn't an impossible task. Sometimes we think God's going to ask us to do impossible things. Well, he does the impossible part. <laughs> you know, it might seem like an impossible thing, but he does the impossible part. We do what he asks us to do. Just simply our part. And these are just such simple things, aren't they? But they are acts of faith. They are, you know, like we talked about, corresponding action to what the Lord uh, is saying for us to do. Then we know the other widow woman that Elisha talked to and her sons have been taken into bondage. He said, what do you have in your house? And she said, mm. <laughs> she hesitated for a minute. She didn't know if she had anything. She goes, well, uh, oh yeah, I've got a little bottle of oil. I've got a little oil. And isn't that interesting that he needed some, he needed, God needed her to do something. Okay, let's get that little bitty bottle of oil going. So go borrow vessels. You can do that and bring them all in and start pouring. She could do that. And that oil flowed and flowed and flowed. One person that uh, I talked to after I preached this one time said, God put her in the oil business. <laughs> I said, amen. I like the oil business. Amen. Praise God. So um, <clears throat> we see that uh, Joshua, when he was uh, asked by God to take Jericho, which seemed like a huge fortified city. It was. These walls were tremendous. And uh, they weren't just like cement walls. I mean, they were huge walls that they had chariot races on top of. And it looked like an impossible situation. But all they had to do to see those walls fall is just a simple plan. All you needed was to walk. Can you walk? (laughs) Can you walk around these walls? And do you have a, a trumpet? a ram's horn that you can blow, and can you shout? Isn't that something? And God did the hard work. He brought the walls down. But they had to do their part, walking, blowing the trumpets, and shouting, which took faith, didn't it? I mean, it's a week week's worth of walking. <laughs> you know, six days, and then the seventh day is when they... Uh, blew the the trumpet. Praise God. Are you getting anything out of this? Amen. So um, when God tells you just to do a small thing, call somebody, ask them how they're doing, ask about their day, do it. Amen. (laughs) Call them. 
You never know what might happen from that one phone call for them, for you, for both of you. Um, if you have an impression, sometimes we just have an impression to do something for somebody. Uh, Pastor David talks about his mother had an impression to make some soup one day. A big batch, what we would call batch, <laughs> of soup. And she's, she told the Lord at first, she said, I don't have time, I have to go. You know, she was teaching at Rama Bible Training Center. And, and the Lord said, nope, you have time to go to the store and get what you need and come back and fix it. And that led her, and she took it to... uh Rama to the Hagans, you know, office and said, here's some soup for y'all. And they had guests there, which she had no idea who that was. And, um, uh, they hate, they ate the soup. They loved the soup. <laughs> and so eventually this person that was visiting Brother Hagan that day, um, needed a prayer partner. And they said, we know somebody that can, be a prayer partner for you and help you in the meetings with scriptures and everything. And her name's Jerry Horton. So this woman who is very influential and uh, very famous, I would, y'all would all know her if I said her name, um, became Jerry Horton's prayer partner. And uh, she, she told her, she said, when she met her, she said, are you the lady that made that soup? <laughs> And she said, yes. And she said, how did you know to make that soup? And she said, the Lord told me to make that soup. And she said, you're my prayer partner for sure. <laughs> the Lord told you to make that soup. So um, just a, a little obedience like that brought on uh, decades of prayer between the two of them and a magnificent relationship that has still uh, been tr a tremendous blessing. Amen. In so many ways, so many ways. So praise God. You know, you just don't know what that act of obedience will bring. Sometimes we don't know what that simple act of obedience, what a miraculous event can take place from that. Amen. It's really, really amazing how God can do things. Praise the Lord. Um, we saw... Do you mind if I just get off track for a minute? Um, we saw uh, Brother Milan Lefebvre the other night at a meeting and uh, his family. And we were recalling a time when he came to Panama City Beach. Um, I was there at the beach, coincidentally, with uh, Gloria Copeland. She and Brother Copeland had come down to the beach. So um, we, Gloria and I were laying out on the beach together. and. Mylon Lefebvre is walking by. Now, she doesn't know who he is, but uh, she, I said I recognized him because he had done a concert at our church. We had done an outreach on the beach years before. And I said, Gloria, do you know who that guy is? And she goes, no. And I said, that's Mylon Lefebvre. And she goes, well, I saw him the other day, and the Lord told me to pray for him. And I said, well, he has been having some heart trouble. And um, she said, well, if you want to, to tell him, you know, we, we'll lay hands on him and pray for him. And so that evening we took Milan up to their condominium and they laid hands on him and prayed for him. He was healed, instantly healed. And he wrote that song there in Panama City, Invincible Love, that became such a, 
tremendous hit in the Christian world and um, became, you know, friends with the Copelands and have ministered with them now, you know, for many years. But um, again, just, just, you know, reaching out to somebody, just kind of you feel led to say, do you know who that is, you know? I never knew in a million years that that would lead to all the ministry that, that they've been able to do together. And um, so God can bring it to pass. Yeah. Amen. He can heal you and put you in positions of places that you never even dreamed. Hallelujah. So we see in the life of David, 1 Samuel 17 and 18, that he conquered a giant with a slingshot. You know, isn't that something? But he had a slingshot and he knew how to use it. He had killed a lion. He had killed a bear. And he went up there to the battlefield and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? And, you know, you see that and you think, wow, you know, that's such a tremendous like Sunday school story. But if you really visualize what all was going on, these were tremendous soldiers. And even Saul, because he tried to put his armor on David and David said, I can't take this. You know, it describes this heavy armor. I mean, these were men of war that were frightened to go out against this giant. And David with his little slingshot, said, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to slay you today. I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. Don't you love that? It's just amazing. But he had something in his hand that he knew how to use. Amen. It wasn't a foreign object. It wasn't something strange. It was something he was very used to. He picked out five stones. He only needed one of them. Praise God. And he slew the the uh, giant, which mean meant total freedom for uh, the the Jewish people, and it says that he was enriched with great riches. Well, that's a miracle, isn't it? Yeah. Given a daughter of the king, all of a sudden he's royalty now. He's the son-in-law of King Saul, and he was freed from tax. How would you like to be freed from tax? <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's pretty good, right? So we see, uh, the, uh, again, a miracle which came from something in your hand. Uh, we see a great woman in 2 Kings 4.8 from Shunem. And uh, she decided that she was going to build Elisha a penthouse, right, on the roof. His, her, his own apartment. And she, he could come and stay anytime he wanted to. And he was so blessed by that act of, of kindness, act of faith, act of kindness, that he said, what can I do for y'all? And, and they said, well, we're kind of old, but we want a son. And he said, this time next year, you'll have one. Isn't that interesting? Just because she was thoughtful and did something for him, it created an atmosphere of miracles for her. And, of course, she had the son. You know the story. Later on, the son fell, hit his head, and then died. And she called Elisha, and he came and laid on the son. And then he laid on the son again and started coughing and uh, was raised from the dead. Praise God. 
Um, then we see Solomon. What did he do? He had a thousand burnt offerings. He had them. He could do that. Not too many people could do that, but he could. And he offered the Lord a thousand burnt offerings. And the Lord that night said, what, what can I do for you? And he said, I need wisdom. You know the story. And it opened up all the riches, all the amazing things he did in building the temple for God. Now then we'll go into the New Testament really quickly and wrap this up. Jesus, uh, some of his miracles, I'll just mention here, you know them. But again, we're going to look at them in light of what do you have in your hand? Amen? What do you have in your hand? Jesus told uh, the servants at the wedding at Cana, go fill the water pots with water. Go get the, they had water and they had pots. Go fill them with water. That's all they had to do. And the governor of the feast said, this is the best wine. You've saved the best wine for all this time. Usually people serve the best wine at the beginning. And then I guess people get a little happy and don't know that it's bad wine at the end. But he said, you have served and waited and served the last, which is the very best. Of course, everything that Jesus does is the best. Amen. Amen. And um, then he said uh, at, at one time, um, the disciples said, how are we going to feed all these people? They're hungry. They have no place to go. Jesus said, uh, what do you have here? And they said, well, there's a little boy that has something in his hand, a little uh, Captain D's pack, <laughs> right? Some fish. And a biscuit or whatever they serve. I don't go to Captain D's much, but he said, bring it to me. And he blessed it and he fed thousands, thousands of people with the little boy's lunch. Rick Renner had a tremendous teaching on that. He said, really, it was more like, like cheese and crackers. I mean, it was small. Not that even a big loaf and a few fish that were big, still wouldn't feed 5,000. But he said it was like this really, really small portion that fed thousands of people. And then uh, we see that a, a blind man came to Jesus and he said, I'm going to mix up this dirt with some of my spit <laughs> and put it on your, on your eyes and then you're going to wash it off and see. Some spit and dirt. Well, we got that, don't we? <laughs> just in case God asked you for it, we got it. It's something we always have. Jesus told Peter to go fishing when there was a tax debt. And Peter knew how to fish. He was a fisherman, right? It wasn't anything that he didn't know how to do. And he probably loved to do it too. And the first fish he caught, there was a gold coin in its mouth. A miracle. An act of obedience a command of faith obeyed, obedience sown is a miracle of God reaped. Amen. Father, we thank you for this tonight, that we can trust you and work with you and co-labor together with you, doing our part when you ask us, Father. We're led of your spirit. We know your voice because we are the sheep of your pasture. So we listen carefully to you. Where there are situations or circumstances that are adverse to us, we don't get involved in that, 
but we listen to the Spirit of God, then we thank you, Father, that we can do what you've asked us to do. Those simple acts of obedience in our words or even our actions. And we thank you, Lord, that you do the impossible, that you can do it and you will do it. And we put our trust in you tonight, thanking you. We're so grateful, Lord, that you are for us and not against us. We so thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus and paid the price for our salvation, for the infilling of the Holy Ghost, for deliverance and healing, for prosperity and abundance. We thank you, Lord, you have empowered us to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. And we thank you, Lord, tonight. We will take this, what you've given us tonight, and act upon what you tell us to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, God bless you. We'll see you Sunday at 10 o'clock. Amen. Amen.